people reach out, when users reach out, you know, we don't know who you are, we don't know what your data is, so you can, you know, openly tell us what you think of it. Many people have shared very good feedback that helped us tremendously. It's helped so me that's personally, great. by the way. <laughs> me too. And it's so good to be connected. We spoke about that in the beginning of weaving that net of support. It you know, sometimes that support can come from online. It can come can come from a Twitter community or, mm. or a, you know, people that you don't even know by name. Yeah. So I've seen your tweets, you know, somebody's listening to you, somebody's caring about you. That helps. It helped me in the moment when I read it first oh, on, on, you. on your Twitter feed. And I, it's it's those little things that if you're in doubt, reach out. Yes. Right. Agreed. So reach out. Anytime you will get an answer and you will make my day. I love that. It is time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth land. and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hello, huzzah, welcome back to Public Access America. My name is Jason, his name is Jeffrey, and we're with Karen from the EarKick app, always. I loved, all week, I just thought to myself, I love these conversations and we need to get them back. Oh, so, welcome, thank you for being here. Uh, let's see, what are we talking about today? Uh, happy birthday to Rihanna, by the way, from Bottled Up Bitches. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the EarKick app, but what I wanted to do is actually I had a note for some just stuff that I wanted to talk about during the week. And I thought about bad days and how we all have bad days. And how, how do we handle those? And uh, what pressures do we put on other people to solve them for us when we're in a we're in an emotional bad mood? And Jeffrey, you've had your share of bad days. How do you handle them? Oh man, you know, uh, I think for me it's it, it's been a journey because you know for a while it was self medication with substances, and that's you know definitely not the route you want to go because you never actually deal with the things that are happening you never actually solve the problem you just kind of blur it for a while until you know you sober back up and it's still there right. so you know doing a lot of therapy you know actually addressing the problems that i've ha that i have um it's kind of a combination of you actually got to do the work to solve the issues that you've got going on, whether it's, you know, you know, actually needing medication, whether it's needing therapy, whether it's, you know, needing holistic, you know, life changes oh. like diet and exercise, you know, th there's any number of different things you could do, but then there's also things like, you know, making time for yourself, for your own hobbies and, and, you know, doing things that allow you to kind of step out of your own head. Oh. So for me, <clears throat> I've always had a couple of hobbies that I've been able to use that, you know, that, that method. Um, I love baking cookies, cakes, stuff like that. I can't decorate for shit, but <laughs> I, I will make the best cookie you've ever had. And for me, it's just like, you know, I'm just in the process of, you know, figuring out, does this taste right to me? Does, does this have the ingredients that I want in it? Do I need to, do I need to change anything up with it? Um, and then of course, you know, the reward afterward of getting to enjoy, you know, hot, fresh cookies and cakes mm -hmm. and breads, but also music has been a huge part of my life, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, and so part of it was, you know, I would go downstairs and play the drums until I was physically exhausted. And then I got to playing guitar and, you know, oh, it was yeah. playing guitar, you know, for all, for all hours of the night. And it would just be, you know, cause I'm trying to replicate a sound. So the only thing that I'm thinking about is how my fingers are moving, whether the notes are matching in my head versus what I'm hearing. And 
it'll, you know, it's kind of that, you know, you know, a lot of the times, like when you're working on something and you need to step away for a minute in order to come back and be like, wow, I can't believe I missed that mistake mm. or I missed, I missed that. You know, that's kind of what, you know, those hobbies have done for me is, is I get to step away, you know, from my own head for a moment uh, because I am, I'm immersing myself in something else. And then when I come back to working on the thing that I was working on, it's like, I can see a bit more clearly. It's like, ah, okay. Mm. Mm, I understand. Karen, it's that, it's that old saying that shit, shit rolls downhill somebody's bad day <laughs> somebody's bad day always becomes somebody else's problem and usually that's the people closest to us that's our friends those are the people that are supporting us we don't go up to strangers and and release our bad days on them you know and mm-hmm. and i i think about how difficult that is for our friends well you know i i, I agree um shit rolls down downhills and it's you know it's like life throws things our way we sometimes throw things our way ourselves Mm. and then then sometimes it's really you know it could be because you're ill it could be because somebody is nasty to you there's so many reasons why um, and good reasons why we have bad days um, when it comes to this kind of putting it on others or making our friends suffer, right? You know, there, there's two sides to this. Uh, first of all, when somebody is like that to me, the first thing I say to myself is, "Wow, this person is a friend. Uh, they trust me that I, I I can hold it. They trust me that I can differentiate between their bad mood or a bad day and a bad person." And it's always an opportunity to deepen the friendship, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to what the widen the capacity of relationship. I say it's an opportunity. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not a justification for beha- misbehaving. Um, and to your first question, like for me, when a bad day is coming or comes, the first thing is to be aware of it. Like to take a second and say, okay, it's a bad, it looks like it's going to be a bad day or I'm in a bad mood or I'm not feeling good. And that those two minutes of validating what you're going through will increase the, uh, you know, um, the odds that you're not going to lash out to others immediately. So you just take a few or I take a few minutes and I try to you know, like like be nice to myself and say okay all right you have a headache or okay you're not feeling good let's let's see why and i try to kind of pull some facts my way mm-hmm. okay maybe i had a bad night's sleep maybe you know on the app or my watch wearable i can see oh there's a reason you know i'm i'm i haven't slept well or you know the weather it has been really bad for days or I am really under a lot of stress lately, and this is just kind of the X day uh, where where this is getting to me, right? Right. So there's so many reasons, and what I try to find out is: it, can I control it in any way or any part, or is it completely, you know, shit thrown at me, and I have no agency here, right? right? And just <clears throat> thinking about it and looking it at it almost like a very curious explorer um, gives me a sense of control. It's not like I'm not the victim of this all. I do have a say. And if I don't have an immediate say, I claim it. Mm. And in those few minutes, I try to do something like like, uh, Jeffrey just said. I try to own it in a way, even if it's just a little bit, you know, maybe I wake up ill. So what can I do? You know, I can get up and make a nice cup of tea or... I can play a tune on a piano or I can just do something like immediately that, you know, can that lets me step up for a second and feel empowered and having agency. And then, you know, all the other steps following that should be or need to be in a way compassionate towards myself. Mm. And that includes not like not pushing through at any cost. You know, maybe I can get myself to still do things, but there is a, you know, there's a limit. I'm, I, I'm not 
I don't have full capacity. I'm not mentally ready, right? right? So, uh, I, you know, I adjust my expectations. Uh, I, I manage my expectations. And that's towards myself and towards the others that might be my victims when I lash <laughs> out or when I have a bad mood. You know, what really helps is just saying something, like telling your partner, hey, I'm not feeling well. If I say something today that sounds you know, weird or uh -huh. sounds uh, not so nice. If you see me make big decisions, keep me from doing those, <laughs> right? I'm not myself right now. I'm, I'm, I'm at, you know, 50% of my best self or right. something like that. And that helps the other person put things in perspective. And then, you know, at the end of the day, baking, I, I love to bake as well as you. I'm, I'm not a cookie baker, but I love to bake other things. And this kind of, you know, doing something that I'm still able to do. That is really cool. And then enjoying the smell, the look, the feel, the taste of something. Mm. That's magic. Mm -hmm. Now, a bad day can also evolve into many bad days. And it can also be the beginning of a trend. And we should not be kidding ourselves. You know, if, if we have a bad day and, and those bad days in you know, come come more often, then it's it's not about baking cookies. Mm -hmm. And it's also not about patting oneself's shoulder and being compassionate. Right. Then we really need to take action, right? And that's why this acknowledge the awareness and acknowledgement of hey, today's a bad day, maybe taking it down, logging it, and then looking at the whole, whole trend. Is it going somewhere, you know, or is it really just a bad day? Right. That is really empowering. And that's something I do because otherwise you feel like the world owes you something or you feel like, oh, everyone else is always doing good. And it's just me, you know, getting this shit and stuff. That's not that way. Maybe you need some facts, some perspective. Mm. And uh, yeah, again, it's the curiosity that should drive everything we do, especially when we are challenged. Curiosity is like the magic word for myself. And I think it's, I see a lot in, in your podcast, your show, it's a lot driven by curiosity, by I want to know, I want to share, right. you know, I want to see how other people do it. Come on, tell your stories. Who has, who has the answer, right? I want to know who, mm -hmm. who has the answer for my problem. None of us, none of us do, but together we do. Well, I think, mm -hmm. I think people have gone into these pits and come out of them and they could warn me ahead of time like this is the point you go to the doctor this is the point you shut your mouth this is yeah. the point you go and bake and this is the point maybe <laughs> you go for a walk you know yeah. and i think having friends like i like what you said about not taking it personally if a friend a friend is a friend and if they come to you and say something ridiculously insensitive there's a reason for that and so yeah, it's uh, just listening, just taking the time like that is really important. And I do and asking questions. Yes, yeah. asking. You know, questions. I mean, are you hungry or yeah? Have you had a good night? If somebody mm -hmm. lashes out in the morning, it doesn't cost you anything as a friend or partner to ask. Hey, right? Are you okay? You know, have you slept well? Can I make a cup of coffee for you? You know, and it it'll be more difficult uh, for yeah. the person's having a bad day to just you know brush it away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they want they want somebody to know that they understand that a bad day yeah. happens i just yeah. and so yeah being a friend being a friend is something that that comes with the territory you're going to have those conversations you're going to be talking anyway so you might as well talk rationally and that mm -hmm. what you were saying about rationality bad days are to me try and pull me into more emotion and so I try to pull myself back into rationality and then I troubleshoot mm -hmm. and I analyze and I say, what can I do to make this better? And I try that. And in that, I notice that either my mornings are really great and my afternoons are bad, but I never have a complete total bad day because I'm always trying to work, work it out. That's great. I have bad days, like bad days physically, but then, mm. you know, after the sh COVID shot, I was like, yeah but good preparation helps you know yeah. if you know that's it's coming your way then you know you you hide with a book in your bed <laughs> right right <laughs> but how often can people do that anymore we're so close we have our schedules are so tight we have so much going on and and then 
we're pushed and we have to do these things through our bad days and so thinking about them thinking about them while you're dealing with the other things is a real great way to do two things at once if you're having a bad day I think it's important to not throw it on other people and make them have a bad day because I've noticed people people feel better when you get upset about their bad day. When they make you upset, suddenly it's a, it's a relief for them. And they're like, ah, that feels good. And you'll notice they smile. <laughs> so sometimes I do that when somebody gives me their bad day. I get mad, all mad myself and then, I, and then I laugh about it and I, and I throw it off. And in that, we come together, you know? Yeah, it's another way of sharing, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, in taking it in. Uh, so yeah, but also you know, setting boundaries. I guess is is sorry, uh, Jeffrey. Ooh, yeah. Is is one way that you need to go if somebody is completely, you know, like taking it out completely on you. It's also being a good friend and showing some, you know, limits and going like, hey, look. Nope. <laughs> I I understand you're not okay, but you don't do this to me. Right. Okay. Here's you know, here's the border. <laughs> nope is my favorite word. <laughs> Absolutely. But now here's a fun one. What do you do when you know that a series of bad days are going to be coming your way? Because, you know, something and something has happened and now you're going to have to deal with something that's going to be hard and it's not something that baking cookies or playing music or going mm. for a walk or going to solve, you know, something mm -hmm. that you can't just clear your head about one time and be like, all right, we're going to take charge of this. I absolutely believe in the, in the power of community, in the uh, power of having, or, you know, you know, calling your network and, and being very clear about it, you know, not and really asking for help uh, because in, when you know it, it's going to be a bad week, month, year, you know, you can't pull this off alone. There is no way. And while you can still prepare, you know, think of a way to to let everyone know and that and to give them very clear instructions. Mm. Not to, ah, yeah, with now. Hey, how about? Can you help me cook cook dinner? Can you you know help me with the kids? Can you do this and this for me? Be very specific. People love to help. What, keep, what keeps them from helping sometimes or being what, what makes them being in your way is not having clear instructions and not knowing exactly what's going on. Right. So the more specific we can be about, hey, I'm going to have a surgery or, hey, it looks like I'm, I'm dipping into a depression, going into a depression and trying to put words to what is going to happen in the next few days, weeks, months um, will help you along the way. If it gets... If it doesn't get that bad, great. You can celebrate. If it gets worse, you know, people are prepared. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I believe in the power of networks, in the power of being very concise when you speak about what's coming and when you prepare as best as you can uh, without dwelling only on, on, you know, on the bad weather that's coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to think of timeframes. So if I know I'm it's going to be a bad time, then I say I can stand on my head for four days if that's what it takes to survive this. But mm -hmm. four days and five minutes, I'm going to be really upset. And I and, mm -hmm. and it becomes a contract with myself where I agree. I agree to the set of the scenarios that are going to produce the bad time, but then I'll have to renegotiate because I either mm -hmm. I didn't do enough to get out of it, to solve it, or I or somebody else extended it and then there's a new agreement there for a new four days and so i'll i'll parse cool. out time frames because i can't have i can't be in a dark tunnel there has to be a light somewhere at that end for me to aim for mm -hmm. cool. absolutely agree yeah how about you jeffrey oh you know that's <clears throat> the fun thing about depression is is that um at least for me there was there was never a, like, I can find a light at the end of the tunnel. It, right. it was always say, you know, this is bad. It keeps getting worse and keeps getting worse. What I have done personally is I have had the, the start, I've learned to have the starting conversations like, Hey, I'm not doing well mentally. Mm -hmm. And I would appreciate it if you looked out for me. And if you see something that concerns you, please talk to me. Or if you think that, you know, 
I am now going to be a hazard to myself, then Ooh. I need you to reach out to somebody and help me because that's not what I want. Right now, luckily for me, being on the right set of medication the last 10 years has drastically changed that. But there was, it was also a real struggle for me to like, like, especially with new relationships, new friends, new partners, it was real hard for me to, to say that to them because it's like, you're still trying to develop that bond of trust. And, right. and depression is one of those things where it's, it's real hard, even with the people that you do know, and you do trust and who've been through you been through these cycles with you. And it's real difficult to be able to have that conversation. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, my kids are now discovering is, is that, you know, their friends struggle to have these conversations too. And, and so they end up watching their friends spiral and, mm. you know, they don't necessarily know what to do. They don't know if they should reach out to them. They don't know if they should reach out to the teachers. And unfortunately, a lot of the times what ends up happening is they, they get to the point where it's like, now they're saying things that are of, of grave concern. And, you know, instead of, you know, being able to talk to a friend, now we're trying to get whatever resources we can involved in order to, you know, keep somebody from doing something rash. Right. And mm -hmm. that in and of itself, like, you know, to go back, having been suicidal and gone through that phase of my, you know, that I wouldn't say phase, that time period where I was not in control the way that I wanted to be and finally getting past that point and then going through a friend's suicide. Oh. Like you, you kind of have an idea how it affects people until you lose a friend and then you start mm -hmm. to see how it ripples and how those decisions that you make because of clouded judgment royally hurt so many people around you you know yeah. it's for me it's coming up on 10 years since one of my best friends committed suicide and for the first five years it hurt it hurt bad you know part of it was you know survivor's guilt you know in that i had gone through this myself and mm -hmm. i was able to make it out i was able to find mm -hmm. the right medication and i was able to so why couldn't he mm -hmm. and the other part was that realization of when I was not at the place that I am now, the number of people that were hurting, I could finally see, you know, but it wasn't because of me. It was because of what someone else did. Uh -huh. And I had no, you, you just had no inkling of, of how painful that really is and really was for so many people. And so then after that, it was that whole, really going down that it's like, you know, thinking about all the people that had to interact with me during that time and who, who did their best to keep me alive and, you know, how traumatic that really was for them. And, you know, the conversations that I would have, you know, later in life with some of those people, you know, really opened my eyes to the fact that it's like, you really do get stuck thinking that, it's, it's too painful to continue and that, you know, you're going, you know, you're going to be better off and everybody else is going to be better off until you go through that yourself with, a, you know, someone that you care about deeply. And then you realize nobody else was better off and, and, you know, people, you know, heal as best as they can. But, you know, th this myth that everybody comes out stronger is, is really just that it's a myth. You don't come out stronger. You come out changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there are certain things that, you know, w we've accepted this platitude that, you know, we can overcome anything and yeah, you, I would say you can survive anything, <clears throat> but that doesn't necessarily mean that you come out in the best mindset. That doesn't mean that you come out in the best mind frame. And you will be dealing with that kind of stuff for the rest of your life, your friends, your family, even people who, you know, only knew about you yeah. are, are going to be dealing with that because they're going to be looking back and going, wow, I could have, maybe I could have done something different. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could have. And especially as somebody who was suicidal, that really hit me really mm -hmm. hard in that it's like. I had been through this. I could have done, I could have done, I could have done. And, and the, the real answer was no, I couldn't have mm -hmm. because 
as, as a therapist once told me, it doesn't matter how, you know, it doesn't matter when somebody has finally made that decision. You can try as hard as you want, but ultimately it's up to the person making that decision that if they've got some fight left in them, that you can get them through anything. But once that's gone, it's hard, you know, and Mm -hmm. my friend gave, you know, he was done fighting. He couldn't do it anymore. And I couldn't understand that for the longest time because I had that fight in me, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and still to this day, I still don't understand it. You know, I still don't understand it at all, Uh, but I've learned to accept it uh, for what it was. And I've had to go through, I've gone through a lot of therapy since then, you know, in, in dealing with that. And then also working through, you know, my feelings on what I felt like I inflicted upon others. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, it's a real difficult time. It's a real difficult process to go through, you know, knowing that you in a way had almost no control, but at the same time, you're the only one behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Because we spend our lives trying to give other people control of our lives to validate our decisions and hold them accountable for our choices. And once I tell people when you're out of a relationship, you should be single for like five years, just so that you're accountable for your own decisions and realize you can make the right decisions, you know? And Having friends, mm-hmm. picking friends and letting friends go, friends that understand you, friends that you can talk to, you need to build a catalog of good people in your life. Because a lot of times we just collect anybody that notices us and not, they're not all in it for us. They're not, you know what I mean? So pick the people in yeah. your lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so much agree with what you said, uh, Jeffrey, about it's not like it's not a guarantee that you go through a difficult phase and all of a sudden you come out you know stronger shining and stronger you may Mm-mm. um but you definitely have changed and it's not the just you who has changed it's everyone connected to you who's also gone through a process and that's sometimes yeah it's a lot of dynamics going on there yeah and mm-hmm. you can't communicate enough it's and and that's what makes it so tricky right because um one way to 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 kind of have good accompaniment during a bout of de- depression is kind of giving you know proactively sharing how you're feeling what exactly you're feeling you know at what what is hurting you what what do you feel like you can't do mm-hmm. what do you feel like you can do it's a lot of and when when you're in a depression it's not like you're you have lots of energy mm-hmm. like you, you you have to pick you know, yeah do i brush my teeth or do i pick up the phone or do i you know there's mm-hmm. only so much capacity you have um i have a, a son myself uh, he's 30 he's going through a very severe depression mm-hmm. and it's the first time that i've really you know felt so helpless even even you know like even though he has a support net and everything but it's that communication when he's not able or not willing or not you know when he can say because he's the only one who can say it's not his therapist who can say he's the only one who can say where he's at and how that feels and what exactly we can do and there is no set of right answers that you could just you know scroll through and pick one you know that's not how it works it's a constant alertness and acceptance state of mind and you know and i feel like you you always have to be ready but not jumping right you have to have you have to deal with this uncertainty you have to deal with this balance you have to you have to put up with the with this it's not a pressure but it's kind of like in between things being on call um, kind of right you're on call for yes a friend. but not overacting right right and one one thing that really helped me um is that i i uh, read a paper and i can't um cite it from the top of my head but w- <clears throat> essentially what it says was if you're in doubt reach out Ooh. because it's yeah it, it's they they did a study you know like what the effect of reaching out was because we all know this 
situation where maybe somebody has died, maybe it was even suicide, or maybe somebody's ill, and you don't know exactly, right? And and you go like, oh, maybe I shouldn't call. Maybe you know, maybe maybe we need to leave, leave him or her. We make excuses a bit alone, to you leave know? that alone, right? It's not just the excuses. Also, it's really I, I've been in that situation where I'd love to have a like a a, a sign or a feedback mm-hmm. or a way yeah. to measure. You know, is it the right time? And it clearly states that reaching out is always the right thing to do, and that kind of gave me a bit. Uh, peace of mind, if you will, that statistically and scientifically, it's the right thing to do. It's not the perfect thing to do, but compared to doing nothing, it is the right thing to do. Um, Yeah. But again, I think suicide, uh, suicidality, the whole thing is so intimate, so complex, so personal so unique for everyone that i find it very difficult to to talk about in terms of like this is the right way this is the right. wrong way there's no mono- there's no monolithic there, addressing there that is situation. not there is just a lot of a lot of connections broken intact ones there's a lot of humanness in that mm-hmm. you know and um <clears throat> i yeah, it it'll 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 stay that way. It'll stay that way. We have to walk on that rope, and and try to get as good as we can, balancing it out the uncertainty with the, with the urge to do something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I, again, you know, you're the experts in this. It's. Uh, <laughs> I understand. I know. I know. When I lost my wife, I I was in a depression, and I would wake up, and there would be food at my door. Like somebody would mm-hmm. knock and there would just be food because they didn't know how to talk to me, but they wanted to make sure I was okay. And mm-hmm. then I had a friend that would call me every day at eight o'clock and he would just say, mm-hmm. how are you doing? And he would let me talk for two hours. And then I'd be like, I'm tired. And he'd be like, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. And he did that. And then it was every other day. And I eventually moved in with him because he's such a great guy. And, you know, he, I like yeah. that. So. Uh, yeah, food is also communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agree. You know, it's it is. I, I, I'm a, my I have a sister who's from Vietnam from the war. She hmm. she grew up with us, but the first half year she was in in uh, uh, you know in the war zone and uh, barely survived as a, a little baby born somewhere. Wow. And she even though she was socialized, she grew up in Switzerland. Um, she she was never someone of big words. But she would always, when somebody was not feeling well or her own children, me as a sister, there would always be something to eat and to drink. (laughs) And the way she would present, the way she would serve it, and the way she would pour all her feelings or her love into it, it Mm -hmm. you know, it gives me goosebumps still. She's not the one to say something big, you know. She's also not the one who's going to come and hug you. It's just not her way. Right. But... But when you look closer at what she she dishes you, like there is all the love and all the emotions and everything she feels for you is in there. And I learned from her that it needn't be words. Communication can be lots of things. Lots of things. You know, lots of things. And it's, again, the curiosity that drives us to find out what is the right language what are the right gestures Mm -hmm. what is a way that i can express because it's me you know if i'm not a good cook you know like okay maybe cooking isn't it right but and if i'm not good at words maybe that's not maybe maybe i'm good at hugging someone Mm -hmm. maybe i'm good at seeing you know what's missing or maybe i'm just very very uh i don't give up you know maybe that's that's how i communicate you're the one that's there right sometimes it's just about putting yourself in a position to be there if they need you so sitting there and watching tv with them jumping on the couch with them uh grabbing a blanket and some cookies and just sitting down and putting it there and staying quiet and waiting for somebody to open up Mm -hmm. and using the ear kick app I think would be a mm-hmm. great way to monitor all of this because if you know what what something is coming, you know your trends and you know if you if you can look back at tracking your emotions like this and your mind 
then maybe you have a better chance of catching it before it's full blown. I always believe in catching things in the very beginning before it's a monster that I have to take down. It's a little mouse that I can just sweep away. And so uh, tell me what's going on with the ear kick. There's so much. I finally saw your ambassador on Instagram. You have some new AI going. Oh, she's adorable. I was going to ask you to have her on, but I know she suffers from some some anxiety. So we're going to work up. And when you suggest it, we'd be love to have her on. Oh, I, we have a few uh, ambassadors. Uh, so oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm sure I can ask one of them, um, Kat. Uh, she's, she's amazing, Kat Zara. And uh, she can also speak very well. And, and she's, she's, she's amazing, amazing, because she's, you know, right. It made her pick the career to become a psychologist. Oh. And just the, life wasn't easy on her. But she's she's a person who who found her way by just observing, not giving up, and by becoming an advocate for uh, diversity and disability, uh, disability disability rights, and you know lots of things in her early age. Oh, I love her. Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I can bring her on. Um, we'll talk Yay. about that. Um, the 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 Earkick app has yeah has made a major improvement. But before that, let me say what you said is right. It's not just about seeing trends or seeing something early. It's also about putting things in perspective. So if if you see a pattern like you're usually, um, you know, a, a phase of anxiety, a phase of depression, te- you know, it takes two weeks or it takes this and this long, it, you will vi- be able to visualize it, and that helps you prepare. Right. It's not it's not going to magically disappear. But everything you can do to be prepared and to be compassionate with yourself and say, hey, you know, it's it's those two weeks again. You know, let me see who I can call. Let me see what I can do for myself. Let 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 me see how I can make this time worthwhile. That is something that is helped with data. Now, the new thing about EarKick and EarKick is a mood and anxiety tracker um, that helps you have agency and control over your own mental wellness, mental well-being, mental health, whatever you want to call it. We inserted finally the uh, a, a cutting edge um, above standard um, functioning AI. And what it does is it only takes 10 seconds of your voice or video that you record saying something like, you know, Today was a good day. Um, oh. Work was fun. Uh, you know, I spoke to my friend, and actually, I'm having no symptoms. Something like that. Um, you put, you record it, and it will pre-fill your log. It will pre-fill your journal with what it uh, evaluated. So wow. it will pre-fill anxiety levels if it detects anxiety that maybe not even yourself you're feeling mm-hmm. um it detects it puts it in from from zero to ten it uh, it detects uh emotions so whether you're joyful or you're depressed or you're uh, or you're feeling disappointed or angry you know it's gonna give you suggestions it's also gonna um suggest your mood you know be it great or awful or bad <laughs> and you can still correct it But what we're trying to achieve with this is to make journaling, which is so important, and Mm. there is no doubt about in science, as effortless as possible. This ties back into what we said before with depression. And with people, when you're really into depression or really anxious, like every click is too much. Every, you know, that it's not like you're your best self right then. And everything seems overwhelming. So the goal is to make it completely automatic so you only talk to the cam or uh, into the app um and it'll do the rest for you and you'll have every day you'll have uh you know part of your life uh in the book nice and you can go back you can discuss it with your therapist you can also look at all the good days that happened to you you know when i when i'm having a bad day the first thing I try to do is remind myself of all the good days. Mm. And if you have a log saying, you know, like, oh, today's a great day. The sun is shining and I'm going out with my friend. You know, if you listen to that in a bad state, it's going to help you because it's your voice. It's your story. It's mm. your arguments. You know, it's your smiling face if you if you record a video. Um, and again, it gives you agency in times where 
we lack agency in times where, you know, from politics to health uh, to work situations to nutrition to wars in Ukraine, you know, everything mm -hmm. looks like we have no say, we have no control, we have you know, nothing we can contribute. And this room that you build for yourself is somewhere where you can have full empowerment. Um, and even if you're doing fine, maybe you don't even have any issues at all. It's still great to have all these memories and all it takes you is a few seconds a day, you know. And it's, again, this awareness from awareness to insight to action that happens on a daily basis. And when the bad days strike, you prepare. You're there, yeah. you know. What, and, what worked yeah. last time, you know? It's all this wonderful yeah, collection. And you don't you don't share your the data. Data remains private. No. So it's it, all on the phone. Right. How, how so many, don't lose the phone. <laughs> how many times a day do you suggest somebody journals? Because what I think of is <clears> when I wake up, I'm sore, I'm cranky. But as the day goes on, like now I feel yeah. really amazing. But at eight o'clock at night, I'm going to be back to maybe miserable. And so how do you pick what part of the day, you know, so that you don't skew the stats? You might have had a bad moment in a good day and i don't i don't want to dismiss the good part of the day just to journal a bad yeah. moment you know what i mean well the th one thing is that one ba bad day is not gonna and you know that uh jeffrey right uh, it's not gonna change the stats okay. uh, and and it's difficult to fool the algorithm too mm. um but as as to the frequency it's great to do it once a day it's ideal to do it kind of in at the same time okay but coming to your you know like when you notice something emotional going on or you you've had an epiphany or you okay. you know something happened then it pull it out and record it it's for your own sake it's not going to mess with the stats okay you know um it just makes it more granular for yourself and again, you know, like the basic, the underlying, let's say, anxiety is not going to change within a day. Okay. That it doesn't change, uh, you know, on a, a daily basis. But but it's it's good for the algorithm to learn about you. It's good to record you as a whole person, kind of with the highs and lows. And then it gets to the baseline that is only yours. And every deviation from that baseline is going then oh. then going to show. Because, you know, you can't compare your baseline to Jeffrey's or Jeffrey right. can't compare his to someone else. You're unique and you should stay <laughs> unique. And the algorithm can deal with that. Okay. I'm thinking like if I wake up and I'm like, but then I don't know. I don't know what time of day I would actually journal. Maybe at the end of the day, just to be like, all right, rationally, it was a good day. Or wow. Most people do that. But I'm very sarcastic, and it'll, will it pick up on that? Because oh, that was a great day. <laughs> I loved every second of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, try that. Check it yeah. out. Uh, maybe maybe it, it has a hard time with sarcasm, but you know, again, it's the tone of the voice. It's not. Okay. It's uh, the underlying it, it, it factors. Yeah, it can under like the algorithm can uh, understand kind of what you're saying yeah yeah and 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 put it in perspective but uh but uh it's the anxiety part and the stress part it's not like doesn't depend on the mood part or or um, emotions part so okay. it's not just one thing one shot right it's it's different uh things that are analyzed and that's why it's not enough to just do it once so every other company that claims to just need 10 seconds or whatever seconds uh -huh. and completely knows you is is not being honest it's it's a theranos it's, essentially is what it is it's like you one little tiny drop of blood and i can tell you every no that's not how that don't, works don't kid yourself. That's right. not how it works. And and I mean, I mean, we can look at our own relations. We can see a person and have kind of an idea or hear it, that person. But we kind of have to have a few times encounters to 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 get to get uh, to to know how that person is ticks. And um, that's what the algorithms does. Um, and again, you know, we currently we're going. You know, we're, we're developing the enterprise version. And that is going to uh, help prevent burnout, wow. help deal with 
toxic team. Wow. There's a difference whether you have a problem or your manager has a problem. Mm. Uh, so it's really exciting times because, uh, you know, what I, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, research on the topic of mental health at work or okay. workplace well-being. Mm -hmm. And it's stunning how the uh, numbers of uh, burnout are spiking there at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, and, and this is true, 90% or 9 out of 10 um, HR leads or company leaders say that mental health is a top priority and they put money behind that. So how come there is burnout going on like crazy and the cost and the resources are going up too so you know it's like a broken skateboard both sides up and you can't run right you can't, right uh, um and we believe that it's throwing things at the wall when hoping that it sticks in terms of resources just try and yeah do a yoga class do that do that you know mm -hmm. employee do that <laughs> go do that um and and that just doesn't work because we're not nope. one size fits all and we but there is no such thing as one door where we can go and all you know line Ooh. up queue up and knock um it need we need measurement more than ever and yeah. we need measurement that is smart mm -hmm. that is better than the annual survey that doesn't even care whether you're doing fine, whether you're happy, right? Mm -hmm. All it asks you is how your performance is and if you would in encourage others to join the company. So there's a lot to do uh, in terms of workplace mental health. And I, I, it's exciting times because we believe, we know that we can make a huge difference. Um, I, I have been on both sides. I've been an employee and I have been uh, the leading, the managing, managing director. Mm -hmm. And it is tricky to find out what's going on with people because you can't tell somebody can be deeply depressed and it's not like it shows all the time right no. and then there is people burning out even though they're completely engaged and they're <laughs> seemingly happy and you know the nps score is high and the engagement is great but they're burning out Hi, Jeffrey. And it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's something that doesn't show yeah. the way we're measuring right now, right? Um, and we believe that you need to make a difference between somebody that has an individual problem, you know, yeah. and that that happens, life happens, and someone who would otherwise be fine but is in a team that has toxic dynamics, that has a manager that works them to, to the bone, that has circumstances and environments that are completely non-fitting and not empowering at all. Mm -hmm. So these things are, you can't treat those two things the same way. One needs individual, uh, you know, uh, empowerment and help. Right. And the other one is definitely a system problem is, is, is a, you need to train the manager. You need to do, you know, you need to look at the system. Oh, right? I love this. And these yeah. two things are, right now are just one bucket and they, you can't yoga your way out of well, it. For me, like one of the things that I, I, I can honestly say is, you is can't that yoga your way out of it might be the title of this episode. <laughs> Seriously. No, I think that's fantastic. Uh, so, so one of the things that, you know, especially, you know, living in a corporate and HR, you know, world uh, currently, you know, not a, you know, small time office. I think honestly that there's, for most companies, there's a huge problem with under, you know, like trends and analytics are the great big new wow buzzword, but only in terms of how it's generating revenue uh -huh. when it comes to employee satisfaction it's still done like an Excel sheet and it's, you know, it's like, Hey, here's where we were, here's where we are. And you know, there's, it's, there's nothing really actionable about it. Um, I think, I think one of the, th the biggest problems is, is that, you know, the survey space, you know, oftentimes is designed to elicit the answer that the company wants to hear, not the actual answer that the employees are willing to give. Because there's a number of different reasons, especially as a data analyst, I'm just going to dive into it. Oftentimes, you have things like, what department are you in? Well, if you're in a department of three and one of you uh, literally is doing X number of different things, 
it's not going to be real hard to figure out who is, you know, potentially saying something good or something bad. Whereas, you know, a leader might have 60 people under them. And now if you truly have anonymized data, uh, you can actually start to track and trend whether or not it's an issue with one person, which, Hey, if it's an issue with one person, you can tackle that. But Mm -hmm. if it's, but if, but if it's multiple people having an issue with one person, Okay, well, that drastically changes what your approach needs to be. Trend analysis, you know, and especially like looking at how ear kick is uh, going to function. Trend analysis is difficult simply because everybody thinks that, you know, all you need are a couple of data points and bam, there you are. Right. But in, in reality, you know, Oftentimes, at least, you know, in, in business world, we often say that you need 18 months worth of data before you can really start understanding what your baseline actually is and start tracking and trending. Two years is ideal because you've had a couple of cycles and now you can really start to see how yeah. this goes. But when your data collection point is only one time over the course of a year, like or maybe twice over the course yeah. of a year that's not really a that's not really tracking and trending what that is is you know checking a box and and you know trying to you know make people feel better about what it is that they are and aren't doing you know and it, it's not actionable you know no. and especially in when we're talking about you know uh, the numbers are stunning uh people there is you know 75% of all employees in in US um, you know, report having burnout symptoms, not all of them, but, you know, not all symptoms that exist, but at least some significant ones. That's yeah. a lot of people yeah. and of those, you know, they, they are two to three times more likely to quit. And that's where it becomes interesting, you know, for, 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 to make a case mm-hmm. because, you know, each employee that you lose is going to cost you between half a year salary if you're low skilled to two and a half times your <clears throat> yearly income that's a lot of money compared to what it takes an employer to do something that's more granular that's more um you know employee centric mm-hmm. and and you know in the end if you do it well you don't have to worry about productivity you don't have to worry about your costs exploding you know it, it's like it's the other way around. <laughs> and if you have an annual survey only, I mean, this is great that there is a survey, et cetera. But as you said, um, uh, Jeffrey, it's, it's, you know, it's past year, maybe not even the same people anymore. Right. And then you start to decide, oh, what, what, what can we change? And you're not, and another year goes by, right? So it's, that is not 21st century just not we can do much better Mm -hmm. and you know you can do day to day like the way we do we can do it is like you you take a snapshot of of your voice of your uh of your video um and every day small one you can take it at home you can take it at work because you're a whole person you you don't leave your personality and your problems at the doorstep you know when you go home or back uh, Mm -hmm. or vice versa and you can keep it anonymous because um it, there is no need for an HR lead to know who exactly is not feeling well in the team. If it's many people in that team, then they need to address the management of that team, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. No need to point out people, no need to sh- single out people. If it's an individual problem, then you can, there's a way to still keep complete privacy because yeah. you can, as a ear kick in the middle, we can. We, we can ask the person without knowing who it is, whether they want to talk to someone like the manager. Or, and we can ask the manager whether there is a willingness to meet. Mm-hmm. And then if, if there is a match, then you can proceed and do that. Right. right. But it's no such thing as, ha- you know, giving the HR like a looking glass and then you can, right. you right. know, single out the weak ones from it's not sustainable anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and this turnover is costing so much money you know that we're, we're at 500 billion dollars that it costs uh in terms of productivity lost this whole mm. mess this whole this whole mess mm-hmm. costs a lot of money so everything that is 
more than just you know a few programs and go go heal yourself yeah <laughs> uh will 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 better um the situation i love for that. the many people who are frustrated who are tired who feel like they have no control who 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 don't know whether it's the workplace that's making them sick or something else, you know. And clarity in this case is power. Mm -hmm. And clarity comes with data, yeah. with the right kind of data. I always say if you had a virus in your computer system at work, you would have IT all over that. But if if mm -hmm. there's some something going on with your workforce, it's it's just like a virus and it will infect your company just the same way. And so EarKick having something there that monitors things like weather and other th other factors as well as the workplace and yeah. stuff like that. I think that's really amazing so that you can you can you can tell what's affecting a workforce <clears throat> and a, yes. a manager can talk to five people in the group, even if there's only one issue per person, right? Yes, like, but at least he knows what issue. You right, know? at least he knows you, you what to address. To. And yeah. I think and that's it, important. You don't have to individual to individual at work, but you can talk to the whole team and say, I want to stop yeah. the virus here, and I know what it is. Yeah, yeah I love this idea. Yeah. I love that. Out of all the problems that you can have at work, you know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a complete blind flight if you just do some kind of workshop about mental health. People are not going to listen because they don't feel like it's th that they're being seen and heard. Right. But if you know what kind of problem there is, you don't need to know who it is or, you know, what you can target your programs, you can target your workshops, your yeah. uh, manager, uh, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. skill building um, towards what you know right yeah. and that's what we need this this we need to stop this blind flight and we need to make measuring mental well-being and mental readiness uh, we need to turn it from a annual event to a fun habit yeah and there's there's no reason why it can't be you know it's not a one-off as you said jeffrey uh once a year and oh, i gotta go uh -huh. get through with it and you know it's it's you know you do it on the go every day a little bit and those little bits you know draw a full picture that you can actually you can that is actionable mm -hmm. every day you have a full picture because if you do it every day you have real-time data wow once you have the baseline you have real-time data yeah and if if everything is fine hey great then you can focus on other things right but if mm -hmm. you see a trend going towards you know kind of yellow or a few flags then address the resources that you have, mm -hmm. address them to the right spot. And then you don't have this, you know, this huge amount of resources sitting there and nobody using them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think if you had a forklift that was overheating, you would cool it down. You should do that with your workforce. They're just as important because yeah. <clears throat> they cost the same amount when you lose either one, you know? So I love Oh, that. they cost. I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know, how the company's culture is kind of like the company's immune system. When you have a great right. culture, you know, you can have issues here and there, but ultimately the entire body is like, look, you know, we can get through this. We can deal with this. Mm -hmm. But when you start to have significant problems, you start to you you can now sit down. It's like going to the doctor. You know, hey, do I need, you know, like you kind of said, hey, is there a virus that needs to be treated? Like, right. is there something going around that, you know, there's a there's a problem that needs to be fixed but also too it's kind of like looking at whether or not an organ is failing you know sometimes mm -hmm. the answer is, is that you know you have to you have to have a surgery in order to fix a problem and i think that's mm -hmm. been one of the biggest problems is is that you know we spend a lot of time investing in you know people becoming management and we have you know a, from a business standpoint, we call it the sunk cost fallacy. You know, we've spent this time and this money on this person, they damn well better manage. Right. And mm -hmm. the reality is, is that some people just aren't cut out for it. And they're just not cut out for the position that they're in. And you can invest all the time and money you want into it, but it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like, you know, tr you know, putting a bandaid on, a, on, uh, on your uh, appendix it's not yep. gonna mm -hmm. it's not gonna fix it if the appendix yeah. has to come out it's got to come out yeah and, and you need to be able to tell which ones those are mm -hmm. if they report to you and tell you that everything's fine you know yep. you're not gonna notice and people right. are gonna just go look for other jobs 
and you keep the wrong person mm. in the wrong in the wrong position exactly. right not i mean one of the problems in 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 tech is that a lot of senior you know developers and engineers get promoted to be managers but nobody gave him you know the the set of skills they need to to manage people right and to, and, and to address to start a conversation about mental health you know i i've seen people completely overwhelmed with just asking how someone is they can do you know magic in terms of technology and all that because mm -hmm. that's what they are they were trained to do but it doesn't you know just because you got promoted to being a manager doesn't miraculously make you a good manager right uh, or or a good leader right and so yeah a lot of this is shining a light on the problems and directing the resources that you have to the right place and not mm -hmm. you know you know throwing in them at everyone and go like oh but this has been we have invested so much mm -hmm. money into resources and why and that's not how it works you know that's not how it works it's not one size fits all i love that and everybody should go ahead and follow ear kick app on twitter and instagram too by the way and if you want to learn more about this karen is always on twitter and they are very responsive and happy to discuss any of this i really appreciate yeah. you being here i know you got to go but thank you is there anything is there anywhere you want people to go and follow is there resources that you think people should be visiting before we go well, you know, as always, uh, we have a nice blog, a very uh, interesting one. We're always happy to be to get into conversation with people who are experts in their own way in in, in the field of mental health. Mm. Uh, we love when people reach out, when users reach out. You know, we don't know who you are. We don't know what your data is. So you can, you know, openly tell us what you think of it. Many people have shared very good feedback that helped us tremendously. It's helped so me that's personally, great. by the way. <laughs> me too. And it's so good to be connected. We spoke about that in the beginning of weaving that net of support. It, you know, sometimes that support can come from online. It can come, can come from a Twitter community or, mm. or a, you know, people that you don't even know by name. Yeah. So I've seen your tweets, you know, somebody's listening to you, somebody's caring about you. That helps. It helped me in the moment when I read it first oh, on, you. on, on your Twitter feed. And I, it's it's those little things that if you're in doubt, reach out. Yes. Right. Agreed. So reach out anytime you will get an answer and you will make my day. I love that. Thank you everybody for being here at Public Access America. We will be back later this week. To those who defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children, yes, we can. one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's in this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, 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 Radio Public, and, and Spotify. Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 